We're going to look in the book of Romans tonight, but we're not going there first. We're going to go to the book of Isaiah. Go to the book of Isaiah. Just a few things I want to run by you, first of all. Because believe it or not, there's a lot of Old Testament scriptures that are used in the New Testament. And if you just read the Old Testament, you probably wouldn't see that that's what that meant. And so when it refers to it, sometimes it sheds a little light on some other passages that are around it. And um, the Lord doesn't uh, refer to the Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as my people, uh, but he does with Israel. And uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they were called them the, the patriarchs. And, um, but Jacob comes along and has those 12 sons, and there's where you get your uh, nation of Israel. His name was changed to Israel. And then later on, because of some disobedience, because of Solomon, Solomon really messed up his life. Even though he was a wise man, he made some uh, foolish decisions. But he made so many foolish decisions, and we saw the consequences, so you and I don't have to make those same foolish decisions that he made, do we? We can learn from him. But the Lord says, I'm going to split the kingdom, and after he died, the kingdom was split. And then there was the ten northern tribes, and that was Israel, capital, it was in Samaria. The two southern tribes was Judah and Benjamin, and Jerusalem was the capital there. So you had Israel and Judah. And so God had um, sent prophets to warn Israel of a coming disaster, the doom. And God had worked with them and worked with them and worked with them, and they just wouldn't listen. So he says here in Isaiah, in uh, chapter 1, look in chapter 1, the Lord kind of lays out a case of how bad it really was. And so he says here, this is the vision of Isaiah. And in verse 2, hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord hath spoken. I have nourished you, brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. Now you're talking about somebody having kids rebel. The Lord had them. And they really rebelled. The ox knoweth his owner, the ass his master's crib, but Israel doth not know. My people doth not consider. Now they're called his people, but there's uh, more to it than meets the eye. See, just like you'd have all of America, uh, the people live here as uh, Americans. But if you live in Florida, then uh, you're a Floridian. So you can be in Florida and be an American, and you're going to be American, but not live in Florida. But let's say all the people that live in Florida, though they're all Americans, we are a remnant. All of us are the believers, and everybody else doesn't believe. So the Lord says, like, everybody, those are the children of Israel, but there is a remnant, a small remnant of those that really believe on the Lord. So the Lord says, these are counted for the seed. These are my people, and I am their God. The heathen had enough of Israel, and so he makes a few statements here. So he says here in verse 4, Ah, sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, a seed of evildoers, children that are corruptors. Sound like he's describing America, don't it? He said, they have forsaken the Lord. They have provoked the Holy One of Israel unto anger. They are gone away backward. Why should you be stricken anymore? You will revolt more and more. The whole head is sick 
and the whole heart faint. From the sole of the foot to the top of the head, there's no soundness in it. I mean, you're totally sick. You're wicked. So he says, you've got the bruises and the sores and the wounds and all that, and they have not been closed. And uh, you're just like one big putrefying sore. Ugh. That's a terrible description of some people. And so he says then in verse 9, except the Lord of hosts had left unto us a very small remnant. That little small remnant is important because you'll read about that in the book of Romans in chapter 9, 10, and 11. There is a remnant. And so back here, God was going to bring in the Assyrians and they were going to take the northern ten tribes into captivity. And so um, the Lord said, but I, I got a remnant. I got a small remnant. And you'll notice there, he makes a statement in verse 9. We should have been as Sodom and we should have been like unto Gomorrah. Later on, he refers to them as God's uh, children. Uh, I should say the sisters that were rebellious and uh, committing adultery. See, God called it, if you, if you leave the Lord and go after other gods, uh, then that's like committing spiritual adultery. Uh, you see, Israel was like God's, well, wicked, adulterous wife. And so um, she was terrible. But there was a remnant. And if it hadn't have been for that little remnant, they would have been like Sodom and Gomorrah, wiped out. And God has promised Israel will not die. Israel will be like somebody having eternal life, like a person that was born back there. And all through the years, there is a believing remnant all the way down the line. So he says here in verse 10, Hear the word of the Lord, ye rulers of Sodom, which is a reference to Jerusalem. But Israel was so bad, so bad. And so uh, God said, I'm going to bring some judgment upon you. And this is what he said he's going to do. Now, as you go down and you read this, he says, Now come together and let us reason together, saith the Lord. And uh, so on. But they wouldn't reason. They just wouldn't do what God says do. Now take your Bible and turn over there to the book of um, Isaiah. Look in chapter 42. Chapter 42. Chapter 42. God says there is a remnant that is of Israel, but there's also, he's going to be branching out. And because Israel is like set aside for a while, and we know this is during the uh, church age when they're really set aside, because uh, they were only going to have a judgment short time, short period. And that was the 70 years in captivity. God just refers to it as a short work, small period of time. But here in Isaiah, you'll notice in chapter 42, look there in verse 1, where he refers to Jesus Christ. This is a reference to Jesus Christ. Behold my servant. And you'll read that also worded like this in the 53rd uh, chapter. Whom I uphold mine elect, in whom my soul delighteth. This is his beloved son. I have put my spirit upon him. He shall bring forth judgment to the and you ought to just underline the word Gentiles. Because when you get into the book of Romans, you'll find out that God is going to the Gentiles. And that Paul was a, uh, an apostle to the Gentiles. And Peter was to the Jewish people. And then you'll notice up there also in the uh, verse 6, I the Lord have called thee in righteousness and will hold thine hand and will keep thee and give thee for a covenant of the people 
And you get this, you ought to underline it, because this is referred to in the book of Matthew. It's referred to also there in the book of Romans. Uh, for a light of the Gentiles. Showing you that God has not forgotten. There's Gentiles. And there were different people at different times where God would send a messenger to those that were Gentiles. And uh, we know of such a one, well, Noah, and I mean uh, Jonah going to Nineveh. And they bought him about a hundred years, but a hundred years later, Nineveh was kind of like wiped off the face of the map. But now go back there to verse 3. Look in verse 3. Verse 3 is talking about Jesus Christ, I fully believe. A bruised reed shall he not break, and the smoking flax shall he not quench. He shall bring forth judgment unto truth. He shall not fail nor be discouraged, neither uh, until he hath set judgment in the earth, and the isles shall wait for his law. Thus saith God the Lord, he that created the heavens and stretched them out, he that spread forth the earth and that which cometh out of it, he that giveth breath unto the people upon it, and spirit to them that walk therein. I, the Lord, have called thee. The one that did all of this, God's calling him the Lord, L-O-R-D, Jehovah, is calling his son, and this is what his son is going to do. And that's why in verse 7, to open the blind eyes, to bring out the prisoners from the prison, prisoners, and them that sit in darkness out of the prison house. So you and I are the ones that we are the lights of the world, and we're supposed to go into this dark prison down here and uh, help the prisoners to walk out of prison. So you're like setting prisoners free because God has given them a pardon, but they don't know about it, and so we get to deliver the good news. Should we be ashamed of telling people this good news? There'd be something if he told us going all the world and tell bad news. He just told go and tell the good news. And so it's important. Take your Bible and look over there in the book of um, Hosea. Look in Hosea. Uh, right after the book of Daniel. And uh, there's also a scripture that I want you to see. In Hosea, in chapter 1. Hosea chapter 1. Now there is a person that was called Jezreel. And uh, there was also a place called Jezreel. And where he gave him a name later on in the same place where God says, you are not my people. In that very same place later on, they will be called my people. Now get what he says here in uh, verse 3. And he went and took Gomer, the daughter of Diblam, which conceived and bare him a son. And the Lord said unto him, call his name Jezreel. And for yet a little while, and I will avenge the blood of Jezreel upon the house of Jehu, and will cause to cease the kingdom of the house of Israel. So the house of Israel, Israel, the ten nations, are going to be captured. They're going to be taken into captivity. They were warned, but like normal, most people don't listen. And so Israel was saying, but they did not accept God as their God. They became uh, rebellious and uh, into adultery, and worship other gods, and all these things. And so God says in chapter 1 of Isaiah, where we just read, that he was, that's enough. He was sick of them. Now, you say, well, did he cast away his people? Well, his real people is not just because they are children of the flesh in the nation of Israel, but the believing individuals. So there's always this remnant of believers so you notice what he says up here, they had a child. And in verse 6, had another child, a daughter. And God said unto him, call her name Luhamath, 
For I will no more have mercy upon the house of Israel, and I will utterly take them away, but I will have mercy upon the house of Judah. Now Judah is the southern kingdom, and Israel is the northern kingdom. So he's going to beat the tar out of them, take them into captivity. Later on, yes, Judah was taken into captivity into Babylon. And 70 years later, they were able to come back. And so, it says they had a, another son in verse 8. She conceived and bare a son in verse 8. And in verse 9, then said God, call his name Lo-Ami, for ye are not my people, and I will not be your God. So there's a, a separation. Now you'll see this when you read in the book of uh, Romans in chapter 9. That is, they which are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God. Now, when you just read this back here, you don't always get this, but the New Testament really sheds a lot of light upon these Old Testament scriptures. And whenever you see that God's talking about children of the flesh, these are not his children. Children of the Spirit, the new birth, those are his children. So not all of Israel is of God. They're not all his kids. But there's those who believe. So then he makes this statement here in verse 10. Yet the number... Yet the number of the children of Israel shall be as the sand of the sea, which cannot be measured nor numbered. And it shall come to pass that in the place where it was said unto them, You're not my people, there it shall be said unto them, You are the sons of the living God. And you'll see there in verse 5, when it says, And it shall come to pass at that day that I will break the bow of Israel in the valley of Jezreel. See, in the future... The nations against Israel are going to come together. And this is during the tribulation period. When the Lord comes back in power and great glory. Nations are going to be gathered together. And in the plains of Jezreel, there is also this place called Armageddon. It's a tell. I've been there six times. And in this great big old valley, God's going to bring them in. And then Christ is coming back and he's going to fill the... It's like a big old bowl full of blood. And his people, Israel, are going to believe on the Lord, and they will be saved as in a day. And God says, these are my people, because they will believe on the Lord. And that's why you see there in verse 11, Then shall the children of Judah and the children of Israel be gathered together, and appoint themselves one head. So this is what is coming, and it will take place just like the Lord says. Now look here in chapter 2 of Hosea. And look at verse 23. And I will sow her unto me in the earth, and I will have mercy upon her that had not obtained mercy. And I will say to them which were not my people, Thou art my people, and they shall say, Thou art my God. Now some of these words also found in the book of Revelation, the last chapter, when he talks about and I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband, and says, and blah, 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 and they are my people. And I will call them my people, and they shall call me their God. So eventually, in the long run, God wins just like he promised. But it ain't over yet. Now take your Bible and turn to the book of Romans. To the book of Romans. And look there in chapter 9. In Romans chapter 9, we had just gone through chapter 9 and part of it here where we talk about the, the potter 
and the clay. Where God can, if he chooses to, it can refer to an individual, because God can harden Pharaoh, but he also can harden another individual, like, you know, a lost man. If he rebels and rebels and rebels, he heart gets hardened. And God says that concerning his children, you and I, we can be his child, and yet we're supposed to be like clay in the potter's hand, and we can harden ourselves against the will of God. So sometimes God has to deal with us. And uh, our tears can melt us a little bit to where we submit to the Lord. But it also can refer to the Jews, or I should say Israel, and Gentiles. So there are individuals that God says rebel against him, and God has already decided those who rebel against him, he can use them as vessels of wrath to demonstrate his wrath on. And God can take those that will obey him and are sensitive and teachable, and he can mold and shape the way he wants to be vessels of mercy, vessels of uh, blessings. So you've got the choice. And so you and I are making decisions, but what about the nation of Israel? Because, see, if God has not kept his promise to the nation of Israel, then how do we know that God will keep his promise to us? Now, we had just went through Sunday about all these things that God has done for us and how that we get down to chapter 8, and there's now no separation. It can never be separated from the Lord. Well, God also promised some of these same things to the nation of Israel. Well, if God didn't keep his promise to Israel, how do we know he kept his promise to us? Well, his promise that he did make to Israel, he has kept. And you see, it's those that as a nation, if they obeyed the Lord, national blessings. If they didn't, national cursing. So in the land or out of the land, blessings of God, rains fall, all things would be blessed. But if you harden yourself and refuse to obey what God says, then as a nation, God can set you aside. And he has done that with Israel, the ten tribes, to Assyria. Also did the same thing with Babylon. And they went into 70 years of captivity. Now, look what he says here, down in verse 23. And that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy, which he had afore prepared unto glory. So Israel, God wanted to use them as the vessels of glory. But Israel rebelled against the Lord. And because of their rebellion, God was able to chasten them, pour out his wrath upon them. And the nation of Israel, well, the temple was destroyed. They were scattered upon the face of the earth 2,000 years. And things don't look so good. And now Israel, many had gone back to the land, but they're back in the land, but in unbelief. So he says there in verse 24, Even us whom he hath called, not of the Jews only, but also of the Gentiles. Now, if the Gentiles will believe on the Lord, then God can let them be vessels of mercy. And Israel became vessels of wrath because God set them aside, but there's always been a remnant of those that were his children. And that's why Paul says, even I, I'm a Jew, but my heart's in prayer to God is that Israel would accept the Lord. But they're ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of Christ. Because Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that 
believeth. So now, verse 25. And you'll notice that some of these verses down through here will refer to some of those that we've already read in the book of Isaiah and also in the book of Hosea. In verse 25, And as he saith also in Hosea, I will call them my people, which were not my people, and her beloved, which were not beloved. See, God wanted a nation that he could use and be a blessing and a light to the world and teach the world. And Israel messed up pretty bad. And God says that now he can take people that were not his people and graft them into the vine, which was Christ, and therefore into the, I should say, the olive tree. And we are flourishing. But it's because of our choice. We chose to accept Christ. They chose to reject Christ. But even though Gentiles have accepted this Messiah that he talked about in the book of uh, Isaiah in chapter 42, he was the light to the Gentiles. So that's why we have this wonderful opportunity given to us. So he says here in verse 26, And it shall come to pass that in the place where it was said unto them, Ye are not my people, there shall they be called the children of the living God. Isaiah also crieth concerning Israel, Though the number of the children of Israel be as the sands of the sea, a remnant shall be what? Shall be saved. So even though the majority of the nation of Israel disbelieved, talking about in Isaiah's day, there's still that remnant that kept believing all the way down through time. Even the 400 years of silence that we have upon the earth. Now between the last book in the Old Testament, Malachi, and the first book in the New Testament, the book of Matthew, about 400 years there, you have many books that were written in between there. They had the book of the Maccabees, and they had these, what they call the pseudepigrapha books, and the apocrypha books, all these different things, but they're not um, of the canonicity of the scriptures. They are simply Jewish history, and uh, people have wrote history, and there's a lot of good information in there, but they're not divinely inspired. But there's things that for 400 years, there still has to be a remnant. So when Christ came, there were some that were looking for the Lord. They were expecting him to come. So then he says here, there's this remnant shall be saved. Verse 28. This means that God's promise is still true. There's always this remnant of Israel. So in verse 27, Isaac cried. And in verse 28, for he will finish the work and cut it short in righteousness because a short work will the Lord make upon the earth. Now, this is a reference back, I believe, in the book of Hosea when he talks about it will be for a short period of time. And so 70 years seems like a mighty long period of time to me. I've been alive for 74. And I guess it does seem kind of short now that I get uh, <laughs> thinking about it. I wouldn't mind it being a little bit longer. But God did what he promised to do. Now get verse uh, 29. And as Isaiah said before, except the Lord of Sabbath had left us a seed, we had been as Sodom and Gomorrah. But he had a seed, and see, Sodom and Gomorrah was totally wiped out. The nation of Israel, they've been trying to annihilate the nation of Israel, and the devil has been trying to get Israel into trouble so that God would have to chase them and wipe them out. That happened back here in, in, uh, with Balak and so on. But anyway, 
Look what else he says here in verse 30. What shall we say then? That the Gentiles, which followed not after righteousness, talking about the righteousness of the law, they weren't trying to earn their way to heaven by the righteousness of the law. They didn't have the law. Israel had the law. Israel had the law, but what advantage did it do them? And this is what you find in the book of uh, Romans in chapter 3. What advantage then do it? Because does that make God, his word of Noah, avail if, because people didn't believe it? No, his word is still true. And so he says, what shall we say then? That the Gentiles, which followed not after righteousness, have attained to righteousness. What kind of righteousness then would the Gentiles get? The righteousness, get this, which is of faith. See, the Jews could have had it, but they wouldn't believe it. They wouldn't believe that even when Jesus came, they wouldn't believe on the Lord. And so Jesus was rejected, crucified. And so that's why he says here that even the righteousness, which is of faith. Now get verse 31. But Israel, which followed after the law of righteousness, they tried to put all their hope in keeping the law. So they were so stringent on the law, they even added about 500 more laws than what God done. And they still couldn't keep the law. And they were a bunch of hypocrites. So when Christ was here, Jesus Christ pointed out their hypocrisy. That they did not keep the law, though they claimed to keep the law. They did not keep the law. And so he says here, hath not attained to the law of righteousness. In other words, they did not attain righteousness by the law. All the way through the book of Romans, it talks about you're justified by faith without the deeds of the law, without the law, without the law, without the law. So why did God set Israel aside? Because they would keep in trying to get righteousness by their works. And God will not save a man by his works. And so therefore they became vessels of wrath to show God's wrath upon. And God did pour out his wrath upon them. But there was still a, a remnant of Jewish people that trust the Lord. Were not all the Jewish apostles, weren't, weren't they all Jewish? Yeah, they were believers. And Paul, well, he was a Jew. So there's a lot of Jews, and the Bible says 3,000 on that one day. And later on, five and 10,000 multitudes trusted the Lord. So there was always this remnant down through time. 